Okay, so today we are actually in week two of our mental health series. We're calling it Peace of Mind. And uh, last week, if you missed that sermon, you should go back and watch it again because it was foundational to what we're gonna be saying over the next several weeks. So it'd be great if you could see that sermon. Um, last week we talked about how humans are created in God's image. And therefore we are different than the rest of creation. We're not the same as dolphins or birds or plants or flowers or rocks, we're different. The Bible says that we are wonderfully complex because we're not just physical beings. We're also spiritual beings, and we're also mental beings, and we're also relational beings. And we see that at the time of the fall, when man crashed and burned, we fell completely, and we were broken completely, physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. And we know that as Christians, we've been healed spiritually. Right? And we know that Romans chapter 8 and Philippians chapter 1 and Revelation 21 talks about how someday God is going to finish this healing in us, in our bodies and in our minds and in our relationships. And that's awesome, right? We're, we're healed spiritually. Someday he's going to finish that work in us, and it's gonna, he's going to heal our bodies. He's going to heal our minds. He's going to completely heal all of our relationships. And that's really, really great news. But it brings up some questions. Huh. Like, what about healing here? Right? What about healing now? For those of us that are dealing with things like chronic depression and anxiety and fear and PTSD and bipolar disorder and other mental health issues, can God intervene in our brokenness here and now? And does God intervene in our brokenness here and now, or are we stuck like this until Jesus comes back? And also, another question I think that like people have been actually bringing to me, and that is, should we hold out for a supernatural healing for mental health issues, or should we be also talking to counselors and doctors and, and doing therapy and taking medicine, or is that like a lack of faith? If we, if we do those things. And so today's talk about mental health is all about healing. But before we dig into it, I've got a couple of notes for you uh, just about healing and mental brokenness. Here's note number one. If you or somebody you love is broken, is ill, is struggling mentally right now, I would ask you to remember that physical brokenness and relational brokenness and mental brokenness are not indicators of spiritual brokenness. You hear that? Go like this so I know you get it, okay? I know you're not gonna say amen or something, God forbid. Uh, but listen, this is really, really important. Thank you, Mom. It's really important. It's re listen, listen, it's really important that we get this, okay? Mental brokenness is not necessarily an indication of spiritual brokenness. Remember, we're complex, right? We're made up of all those aspects, all those dimensions, all those parts. So can you be healthy physically and still have jacked up relationships? <laughs> yeah, right? Can you have a great relationship and still be ill physically? Yeah, okay, now the questions get harder. Can you be in great shape spiritually, so you're forgiven, you're saved, you're heaven bound, can you be in great shape physically and still have, I'm sorry, spiritually, and still have physical 
illness. Of course, right? It's two different things. Can you be in great shape spiritually and still be in terrible shape in some of your relationships? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Here's the bonus question. Can you be in great shape spiritually and still have mental brokenness? Yes. Self-evident, right? So you may know someone, you may be someone who is completely broken mentally and you are absolutely fine with Jesus. You agree with that? Somebody say amen or something. Amen. Okay, thank you. So here's why this is important. Some people have asked me, well, like, what if my friend dies from complications of mental illness, like suicide, or like a drug overdose? Is, is, there, is there hope that they could still be saved? Is there hope that they could still go to heaven? And the answer to that is, yes. yeah. Yes, just, just like if they were broken physically, right? And they died from heart disease or cancer or something. That's them being broken physically, but because we know that they're okay and they're completely healed and made new spiritually, they're okay eternally. And in the exact same way, somebody could die from complications of being mentally broken, right? Like suicide, like a drug overdose or something and they would be absolutely fine spiritually and eternally. So their physical condition doesn't determine their spiritual condition, and their mental condition doesn't necessarily determine their spiritual condition. So could someone die from complications from mental illness like suicide or like a drug overdose and still go to heaven? And the answer is yes. yes. Let's go to number two. Just a, this is like my little disclaimer, okay, because we're talking about healing today. Um, today what we're not going to be doing is unpacking for you a foolproof three-part program to make God heal you. Okay, just to be clear before we start, God doesn't work for me, okay? I work for him, actually, right? And so that's not, God, he doesn't report to me, and his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and so he sees things differently than we do, and I do not claim to have some magic formula or prayer or something to make God heal. So today, this is more like ideas to stay out of the way of healing, right? This is more like, um, how can I give healing a chance to happen? Because I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't always understand who gets healed and, and who doesn't. Um, in fact, I'll say this, even though I don't always understand who does get healed and who doesn't get healed, I know that God does heal. And I know that God that can heal. And here's what it says in James 5.13. You know the scripture because it says, are any of you having hardship and you should pray? And it says, and if you're happy, then you should sing. And then take a look at verse 14. It says, are any of you sick? And then, maybe that's you. Are you sick? If so, here's what you should do. You should call for the elders of the church just met some, to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So first this, um, this word sick uh, in Greek is the word astheneo. Let me hear you say astheneo. Okay, and so what that means, a good translation of that is yeah, to be sick, to be ill, to be broken down or to be worn out, and that can be physically, that could be emotionally, that could be spiritually, or that could be mentally. 
So what this passage is saying that is if you're sick, if you're broken in your body or your spirit or your mind, you should go to some godly people, go to the elders, and they'll pray over you for healing. Makes perfect sense, right? That sounds kind of normal. Then here's the weird part. What's this weird thing with anointing you with oil? Like, what is that? Because that's not like a common thing for us. So what is that talking about? And a lot of people debate this. Um, I'll tell you what I think. I, th I think it means two different things. So when you go to the elders and they anoint you with oil, I think that means a couple of things. And the first thing is, a lot of times in the Bible, oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Um, do you remember when Saul was king of Israel? Just act like you. Yeah, yeah. So Saul was king of Israel, and then God decided Saul's out, right? And so we're going to get a new king, we're going to get a better king. And who's it going to be? David, yeah. And so God's already decided that it's going to be David. And so he calls Samuel, who's the prophet, and he says to Samuel, look, we're going we're to get a new king, and you're going you're gonna to go, and you're going like, to um, like put the crown on his head, right? You're going to be the one that's going like, to announce, this is the guy that's going to be the king. And so look what he says. Um, he wants this king to be full of his spirit, obviously, and full of his wisdom. So look what he says. This is 1 Samuel 16, 1. The Lord said to Samuel, you've mourned long enough for Saul, and <laughs> he's out. I've rejected him as king of Israel. And so I would think he would say, so grab that crown, right? So get that sword so that you can, like, knight him or something like that, right? So how are we going to make this official? Look what he says. I, I've rejected him. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem and find a man named Jesse who lives there. I've selected one of his sons to be my king. And if you haven't read it, you should read this. It's a really cool story of God showing Samuel which brother that he chose. But look at verse 13, because David wins. It's going to be David. So 1 Samuel 16, 13. As David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took that flask of olive oil that he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And look what happens. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day on. So being anointed with oil seems to be equated with having the Holy Spirit in you or having the Holy Spirit on you. In fact, uh, the word Messiah in the Old Testament, the word Christ in the New Testament, it's, it's talking about Jesus, right? And who is he? He's, he's in a man's body, but he is completely full of God's Spirit. So the word Messiah in Hebrew and the word Christ in Greek both mean the same thing. Literally, they mean the anointed one. They mean the one that's, that's covered with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Do you see how the oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit? In fact, look what Jesus said. This is Luke uh, 4, 18. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And look what he says right after that. Because he's anointed me. He's empowered me with his spirit to bring good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom and healing and favor in his kingdom. So when the elders pour oil on the sick person, whatever their sickness, whether it's physical or mental, it represents, number one, that we're bringing the healing power of the Holy Spirit into the situation. And we're acknowledging and we're aligning ourselves and we're, and we're realizing that the Holy Spirit is the healing force that we're appealing to with our prayers, that God is the healer. So the first thing I think it represents when they anoint with oil is that we're inviting the Holy Spirit into this healing and we recognize that he is the healer. But I think there's something else that this means as well. And remember, we talk about this all the time. This, this passage was written 2,000 years ago, right? So this was written for us. 
but it wasn't written to us. It was written to some people with some completely different understandings about a lot of things, including medicine, because 2,000 years ago, when James wrote this letter, oil was thought to be the best medicine for just everything, right? It was like the miracle drug, so aloes and myrrh and uh, just oils from different nuts and flowers and leaves and trees, especially olive oil, especially olive oil, and a lot of times it would be infused with spices like saffron and juniper and cinnamon and all that, and that oil was thought to have medicinal properties, healing properties. And that's why, you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Remember that story? So it's in uh, Luke 10. And so the Samaritan gets, this guy gets beat up, right? And he gets mugged and he's laying on the ground. He's bleeding. He's all bruised and banged up. And the Good Samaritan comes along and decides he's going to give him some first aid. And he's going to try to take care of him. Look what it says. This is Luke 10, 34. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Because oil and wine were the best medical technology of the day. So I think what James is saying here is, look, if you need healing, physical, mental, whatever, if you need healing, go to the smartest, right? The, the most experienced, the best educated, wisest people in your community. Maybe that then was their elders. Maybe today it's doctors. But go to them and get them to pray over you, to pray over you, and then with this oil, number one, invite the healing power of the Holy Spirit into your brokenness. And then number two, take advantage of the best medical technology that you can get. And maybe God will heal you in his power through this medical technology. So God is our healer. And he seems to do the work of healing in a couple of different ways. Right? So one is everybody's favorite, which is like supernatural healing, straight up miracles. Just straight up, they were broken, they're not broken anymore. And there's, there's a bunch of those in the Bible. Right? We see all kinds of blind people and crippled people and deaf people and demon-possessed people. People were like cutting themselves and throwing themselves into the fire. Even dead people coming back to life. And God supernaturally, miraculously healed them. So can God still do supernatural healings? Yes. Okay. Does God still do supernatural healings? Yes. Okay, so I just, I, I won't pre prove it to you. I'll just ask you, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I really believe that I have witnessed, I have seen a supernatural miraculous healing? Okay, so not everybody, right? But a lot of people have seen this thing happen. And so I think what we can truthfully say is supernatural healings are real and they're awesome and they're rare. And they're rare. Truthfully, I mean, by definition, they're rare, right? Because by definition, a supernatural miracle is something that's outside of what's natural, right? It's super natural. It's, it's, it's above what occurs naturally or normally. So supernatural healings are rare or we wouldn't call them miracles, right? We would call them the way we do business, right? That, that, that by nature, by definition, a, a supernatural miracle is rare, but God does heal through supernatural miracles just by the power of his spirit. And if you're here today and you're dealing with mental brokenness of any kind, then I just want to remind you what that song said. He's the same God. Same God. 
that raised those people from the dead in the New Testament, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that made everything out of nothing. He's the same God. His power has not diminished. And his love for you is not less than it was for those people in those stories. So there's nothing wrong. They're rare. They're rare. But there's nothing wrong with asking God for a supernatural miracle, an impossible miracle. He's an impossible God. There's nothing wrong with asking him for those things. I do it all the time. We're going to do it later today. Sometimes he says yes. And that is awesome. And just like all good parents, sometimes he says no. And just like all kids, when he says no, it's hard for us to understand why. And we're going to talk about that next week. So God heals through supernatural healing. But he also heals through natural healing. And I want to tell you, the more I think about this, the more, it's like this is just as great a miracle that God created our bodies to heal themselves. Isn't that incredible? I mean, can you imagine buying a car or a computer that self-diagnoses its brokenness, right, and then fixes itself? That would be awesome. Um, so years ago, my dad started having heart problems, right? And so we sent him in, to the, he goes to the doctor, and they do that, that, they put the camera up your leg. What's that called? Angiogram, yeah. So they, they run a camera up and they look at his heart. So now we're all, the doctor's telling us what's going on. And he goes, you know, it's not good because one of his main four arteries or whatever is 100% blocked. And so I said like, oh, so he's dead or, you know, and they said, no, no, it's the weirdest thing. He said, because he's got another artery right next to that one and that artery just kind of took over the job. So this one artery like realized that he was, I'm not doing the job anymore. So he calls in the guys off the bench, right? So he calls this other artery. And so the artery right next to it just like took over that job. And it was working fine in that capacity. It wasn't designed to do that, but it like self-regulated. It like self-healed. So the doctor's explaining this to us. And I said, my gosh, this is like crazy. I never heard of that. This must be the only time this has ever happened in history, right? And he goes, nah. <laughs> Happens all the time. What is that? That's natural. The body is healing itself. God, he pre-programmed for that, right? That's, that's, that's natural healing. And I think to a certain degree, we've all experienced natural healing. Remember when you fell off your bike when you were a kid and you had that big, crusty, hard scab on your knee? Remember that? Is it still there? <laughs> no, right? Guys, how many of you have cut yourself shaving, right? And like blood, it's like I'm bleeding like crap, trying to stop it. I'm applying pressure. What do I do? Raise your feet. I don't know. We're putting pieces of toilet paper. Pretty soon we got a whole roll of toilet paper on there. We're just trying to somehow clot it up, do something. And at some point you realize, I mean, this is it for me. You know, I'm not, I'm going to die in the bathroom. How embarrassing. And I'm, this, I'm not going to make it. And then somehow you don't die. And then a couple of days later, it's like, wait a minute. Right? Where was that? I look in there, I can't find it. It's, it's, like, it's like gone. What is that? That is, that is, it healed itself naturally. That is, a, that is a natural healing. And it makes sense. It shouldn't surprise us. Because in the garden, God designed us to live forever. Right? He designed us to heal naturally with just what God gave us without CVS. Right? No Walgreens in the garden, apparently. And so... I think maybe that's why so many natural remedies work so well. Because I, I think that was the plan originally. And a lot of the stuff that we need to heal us is found in nature. 
It's in the air that we breathe, and it's in the water that we drink, it's in the food that we eat, and the way we exercise, and the way we sleep, and that includes mental illness. I've just been amazed to see some of the studies coming out about what happens to people's mental health when they just start eating what their bodies were designed to eat and drinking what their bodies were designed to drink and, and sleeping like their bodies were designed to sleep and moving like their bodies were designed to move. Let me give you a quick example on a really small scale, okay? A lot of you know my son, Mike. So um, Mike's, you know, he's an executive pastor of a church. The church is growing like crazy. We got no place to put our people. He's under a lot of stress, right? He's got three kids. He's under a lot of stress, right? He's trying to live life. He's trying to do things. But like you, like everybody, every once in a while, he comes to that place where he is so frustrated and he's so anxious and he's so nervous and he's so knotted up and he's so scared about what's gonna happen and he's so angry about what's happening in the world. And you know what he has found to be his best way to cure that? He goes for a run, goes for a long, long run. And I'm not gonna talk to you about how exercise causes your brain to release neurotransmitters and neuromodulators and all that stuff, because I'm not a doctor, okay? I'm not gonna do that, but here's what I will tell you. After the run, he comes back at peace. After the run, he comes back clear-minded. After the run, he comes back energized, and that's natural healing. God, these are, these are amazing machines that God created. They, he's created us for our bodies to heal themselves physically and mentally. And it's amazing how well they do that when we move and eat and drink and sleep like we're designed to. So God sometimes heals supernaturally, sometimes God heals naturally, and sometimes God heals medically. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 talks about it, people having the spiritual gift of healing. And when I think of that, the first thing I imagine is somebody like prays over you and you're good to go, right? And that's, and that's real, that's, that's true. But I also believe that God has given some doctors a supernatural gift of healing and wisdom. And the stuff that God does through those doctors is kind of miraculous. Um, I'll give you a great example. She's on the front row. It's Angie. A lot of you know Angie Viegas, right? So she's had problems with her kidneys. I hope you don't get, get mad at me for saying all this. Okay. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Angie. So, Angie. so Angie's kidneys turned against her, right? They were, tell me if I'm wrong, they were killing her. Her kidneys were killing her. And so we prayed for healing. And God provided that healing through the strangest thing you can imagine some really smart people took her kidneys out and gave her somebody else's kidneys. Yeah. Hmm? I have three kidneys. Oh, they gave her an additional one. You got a spare? <laughs> Holy cow, well maybe you can loan it to somebody else. <laughs> so think about, I mean, that sounds like, oh yeah, I heard about that, transplants, yeah. Think about what we're saying. They took a kidney out of one person and they put it into another one. And you gotta hook up all the connections Right, so we got blood vessels and nerves and all kinds of stuff have to be attached and all that stuff. And now, look, look, she's here. She's worshiping Jesus, right? She's living her life. She's walking around and doing her stuff. That is a miracle of medical healing. Do you see that? That's, that's, 
How is that not just as good? Right? <laughs> You're just as happy, right? I, have, I had a friend named Dean years ago, and he called me. And he goes, hey, I'm in the hospital. I want you to come pray with me. I'm having surgery tomorrow. I said, oh, you know, what, what's going on? And he goes, oh, I got this big brain tumor. <laughs> no big deal. So anyway, I get down there. He's got a tumor. They said the size of a softball, and it's right here in his brain. And so we're praying, God, heal him, you know. And I said, okay, so like what's, the, like, what's the plan, right? And so you know what they did? They drilled a hole in his skull, and they stuck a straw in there and sucked it out. I mean, they used a machine. They didn't like, like, <laughs> like siphoning gas or something. As a machine sucked it out, right? They sucked a huge tumor out of his brain. And that was like 20 years ago. He's fine. He's fine. That, how do you, how, who, who, who even first thought that was a thing to try, right? But can you imagine just what a miracle it is that they're able to drill a hole in his head and suck a tumor out and not suck his brain out, right? And now he's, and now he's great. So that's, that's a miracle, right? That's a medical healing. So God heals us lots of different ways, doesn't he? He heals us supernaturally, that's cool. He heals us naturally, that's amazing. He heals us medically, that's wonderful. And we know at salvation, God heals us spiritually. And then starting from that moment on, he continues this work of healing us physically and mentally and relationally. And he does some of those healings supernaturally, and he does some of them naturally, and he does some of them medically. And some healings happen right away. Maybe you've seen that. That's awesome. Um, some might take a long time. And some of them won't be finished until Jesus brings total healing when he comes back. That's that verse we talked about um, the last couple of weeks, uh, that uh, Philippians 1.6. It says, I'm certain that God who began the work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. So there's our promise. It's not that he's gonna make it go away today. It's that he may go to work on it today, and he might take it away today, but on the day Christ Jesus returns, you can bank on that. It's gonna be fixed by then. So God is a healer. And the question, I guess, for me right now is like, what, what can we do to, to give a healing miracle a chance to happen? Like, like what should we do if we're, if we're struggling in our mental health and we want God to intervene in that? What, what, what should we do? Um, and I think there's some great help in this famous story. It's in John chapter five. And so let's read this together. It's John five, starting at verse one. It says, Jesus returned to Jerusalem. He's been out running around. And now it's verse two. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And crowds of sick people, blind and lame and paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men had been lying there sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, and he knew he'd been ill a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Verse seven, I can't, sir, the man said because I got nobody to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Somebody else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly the man was healed, and he rolled up his sleeping mat, and he began walking. That's, just, that's an amazing story to me. That's a really interesting story. So there's all of these 
like the picture like a swimming pool or something, right? And all around it on the chairs the, <laughs> with the umbrellas and all that, they're all laying around there, and it's all these sick people, these crippled people, these paralyzed people. And every once in a while, the water bubbles up. And when the water starts bubbling, the thinking was that the first one in the pool, when the water bubbled up, would get healed, and, and nobody else would. And so, here's what I love about the Bible. It doesn't tell us everything. Right? And so we have to keep pondering and praying and wondering and discussing. It's like, we don't know everything about this pool. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was like some really mineral spring or something. You guys know Mineral Wells, Texas, up north of here? You know, people used to think if you got in that water, it would heal whatever was wrong with you. I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it was a mineral spring natural thing. I don't know. Or maybe it was what they described, like a, an angel stirring up the water, right? And when he did that, and if you got in, then you'd have like a supernatural healing. Or maybe it was just superstition or something. I don't really know. But they thought first one in the water when it bubbles up is going to get healed. So to me, I don't know, that's interesting to me that they thought that. Another thing that's interesting is this really weird question that Jesus asks. Because I'm going to tell you that in first century Rome, it, it was not kind to disabled people. It was, it was, if you couldn't work, if you couldn't produce, then you were just like forgotten about. In fact, the only way that you would even eat is begging for food from strangers. And so that's apparently this guy's life, right? 38 years, he's got no family, he can't walk, he can't even stand up. And so he's just been laying there in misery for 38 years. And here comes Jesus, and the question he asks him is, would you like to get well? Isn't that a strange question to ask? Do you think Jesus really thought he, the guy was gonna say, no, I'm good. <laughs> to heal the other people, right? I mean, I would have expected, I would expect that guy would say, yes, I wanna get well. Please grab him by the collar, right? Yes, just do what I could, tell me what to, I'll do anything. I, yes, please, yes, I wanna be healed. But he doesn't say that. Isn't that funny? Instead, he just kind of talks about why he can't be healed, right? Well, nobody will help me. Um, somebody else always gets in the water first. And so look what Jesus says to him. Stand up. Do this impossible thing, right? Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I think what Jesus is saying to him is, look, forget about the past, right? Forget about the water. Forget about how impossible this is. I, I'm, I'm really good at impossible. I'll heal you. I will heal, I'll, I'll do the healing. But I'm gonna let you have a part in it. I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let you actually participate in your own miracle by you taking a first step of faith. So trust my healing power enough to stand up and roll up your mat and walk. And I don't think this is just an interesting story. I think it's instructive. I think it's instructive. If you've been struggling with your mental health for a long time, and maybe it's been crippling you, or paralyzing you, or holding you back from life for, for 38 years, maybe Jesus is ready to heal you, naturally, or supernaturally, or medically, or at least start that process. And now the question is being asked of you, 
would you like to be well? Maybe Jesus is asking you to have a part in your own healing. Maybe Jesus is asking you to participate in your own miracle, to take a step in faith, to really believe that he's the healer. And, and if you really believe that, if you really believe that he's the healer, maybe one way to show your faith of his healing power is to take a step towards healing. And for this guy, the first step was obvious, right? Jesus told him what to do. And your first step might be different than his. Um, maybe your first step is getting some help. If you're broken, if you're ill, if you're struggling with your mental health, maybe the step in trusting his healing power is to just take a step towards that healing, whether it's gonna be supernatural, natural, or medical. Maybe your first step is getting some help. Find a doctor or a counselor or a program. Get, get some help. And listen, this is really important. It's not a lack of faith. It's not a sign of weakness. Craig Rochelle had a great line on this topic. Getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of wisdom. Um, if, if your heart gets out of rhythm and now you're in AFib or whatever, and you know what needs to happen is you're gonna have to get shocked. You know what would be unwise of you? To watch a YouTube video, right? Get out the jumper cables, right? That, that's, not, that's not wise, that's not wise, right? Take a step, take a wise step, right? And, and get some help. If your marriage relationship is trash, oh, I've been trying for years, we just can't seem to get this thing right, just get some help. Get some help, that's your step. Jesus is the healer behind it, but take a step towards that healing. If, if, if you're suffering with depression, or anxiety, or PTSD, or any kind of mental health issues, get some help. We have this little resource list back in the Connection Center. It's got a whole list of different places that you can go to just try to get some help. It's just wise. It's just smart to recognize that God has given some people this gift of healing. You should get with those people. Maybe there's a perfect therapy or medication that will help you find God's healing. Or maybe your help is more natural. Maybe yours is gonna be changing your diet or changing your sleep or your exercise patterns or something. Maybe it's a natural remedy, like that oil in the Bible, but, but get some help. We, what we should not do is just lay here paralyzed and crippled by depression or fear or anxiety or stress or pain, we should take a step, but it's a step in faith. Do you see what I mean by that? Jesus is the healer. He's asking us to take a step. Maybe that step is taking your medicine. Maybe that step is finding a doctor. Maybe that step is to learn to sleep a little bit or eat better or get some exercise. But if God is calling you to take a step, that is not contradicting your faith. We can't keep asking that question. Well, is it a lack of faith if I take my medicine? It's, that's the opposite of that. It's not contradicting your faith. That is an act of faith. Because you know who's doing the healing through that medicine, through that exercise, through that sleep, through seeing that doctor. So we talked last week about some of this bad advice that you might get from well-meaning Christians um, when, you meet, when they meet you if you're struggling with your mental health. Um, 
So like if you're struggling with your mental health, anxiety or stress or depression or any kind of mental health issue, you might, you might meet a Christian who will arrogantly make a statement like this. Matt, can you show us? Maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you just need to read your Bible. Maybe you just need to have more faith. Maybe you just need to get right with God. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this, I told myself, telling you why that is not only bad advice, but it's super arrogant, and it's super insulting, and it's super hurtful. Instead today, we're gonna do a little experiment, and we're going to redeem that statement. We're gonna redeem that statement. So if you're struggling in your mental health, and somebody has come to you and said, well, maybe you just need to pray, we're gonna, we're gonna redeem that statement. So we're gonna start by removing the word maybe. Because if you're broken, if you're hurting, if you're, if you're crippled and paralyzed by mental health issues, there is no maybe. You need to pray. You need to pray. God's our healer. He's all powerful. He can do anything. He loves you perfectly. The Bible specifically says sometimes we have not just because we ask not. So if you're paralyzed with anxiety, if you are crippled with depression, if you're mentally broken and it's ruining your life, yes, of course, not maybe, you need to pray. But now, let's don't stop there. Let's remove another word to redeem this statement. Let's remove the word just. Because it's possible that God wants to heal you in his power through one of these steps that you're gonna take. So maybe you don't just need to pray. Maybe you need to pray and take a step in faith. Maybe you need to pray and change your diet. Maybe you need to pray and take a look at your exercise. Maybe you need to pray and figuring out what's going on with your sleep. Maybe you need to pray and find a good doctor. Maybe you need to pray and find a great counselor. Maybe you need to pray and take your medicine. That's how you can participate in your own miracle. And this is really important that we get this. It's not a lack of faith. It's the opposite of that. That is you taking a step in faith. That is you rolling up your mat in faith, it's that is you seeing Jesus as your healer in every kind of healing, supernatural, natural, medical, and that is you having enough faith to take a step towards healing. Now, does that guarantee you a healing? No, I'm sorry, it, does, it doesn't. God doesn't work for me. And that's not the promise. The promise is that you'll be completely healed when Jesus returns. But if you want to give a miracle a chance to happen, obviously first we invite the Holy Spirit to bring his healing power and just pour that oil all over us. But then also we want to participate in our own miracle. So in faith, we take a step towards our healing and that's not a contradiction of your faith. That's you acting on your faith. 
and the healing power of Jesus. But first, we need to pray. Right? First, we need to invite him into this. And so that's what we're going to do now. So I don't know what your deal is. And maybe you're struggling with some mental health issue. Maybe it's depression or anxiety or PTSD or OCD. Or, I mean, there's, you know all of the things and you know what yours is. And if you didn't learn anything last week, you should have learned that every single family in this room is affected by this stuff. So even if it's not you, maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody that you love. God is your father. And he wants what's best for you. And he loves you completely. And he is able to heal you. And maybe he'll do it right now. Maybe he'll do it supernaturally. Or maybe he'll do it naturally through you just getting better exercise or you changing your diet or you sleeping better or something like that. Or maybe he's going to do it medically through something like Angie had with some kind of therapy or surgery or medicine or something like that. God is our healer. God is our father. God is all-powerful and all-loving. We, we need to pray. We need to ask him to heal us. So whatever you're dealing with or somebody in your family is dealing with, you don't got to stand up. You don't got to raise your hand. You don't got to come down here. You don't got to do anything. You know what it is. God knows what it is. But can we just, can we just pray together? And man, if, you're, if your mental health is so perfect and you don't know anybody that struggles in any way with mental health, you should see me after church today. But that's awesome, good for you. Let's pray for the other people around you. Because I promise you, there are multiple people on the row you're sitting in right now that are struggling with mental health issues. So can we just pray together about that? Let's, let's do that. Father, first of all, we don't understand, and we just want to acknowledge that we don't understand why some people have certain struggles and some people have other struggles and why some people have to go through really, really hard things, especially in their mental health. And we see how debilitating it is and we see how isolating it is and we see how hard and scary it is and we see what it does to families and relationships and God we, we hate it and we know that you hate it and we know that that wasn't your original plan so right now God we just want to just bring our brokenness to you we have nothing else to offer you but our brokenness and so we just want to like lay it down in front of you and we just want to invite you to just like anoint it Right, to just pour your Holy Spirit, your healing power over every circumstance and over every illness and over every situation in this room. And we know that you are the healer. We know that you can. We know that you love us. And we know that you don't work for us, but we know that you want the best for us. And so we're just asking you in Jesus' name to bring healing. Maybe that's supernatural. Maybe it's natural. Maybe it's medical. That's your business. We just want to ask you for healing in the minds, and the bodies, and the relationships, and the lives in this room. And God, I know a lot of us are praying for other people that maybe aren't even here right now, but we just pray for healing for them. And then God, I'm, we have such faith in you. We have such faith in you as our healer. We're ready to take a step, right? We're ready to do the next thing. So God, will you just, you told that man, stand up and roll up your mat and start walking. Will you show us what our next step is? We want to step out in faith. We don't want to have our faith in the walking, right? That's just us acting in faith in you as our healer. But will you just show us how to roll up our mats? Will you just show us what step we need to take? Maybe we need to find a doctor. Maybe we need to find a counselor. Maybe we need to change some of our habits about the way that we're living. But whatever it is, God, will you show us 
what the step is and remind us we are not choosing that step over our faith. We're choosing that step in our faith. And God, I just pray that as we begin to do this, you will just show us who you are, that you will show us your healing power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so now we, we did it, right? We've, we've prayed and we, we, we anointed, right? We invited the Holy Spirit to pour himself all over these things. And so now, whether it's changing your diet or whether it's changing your sleep patterns or your exercise patterns or finding a doctor or taking your medicine, this week, let's take a step towards healing. Amen? Amen. On your way out, if you stop at the Connection Center, they will give you one of these handy-dandy resources lists. Everybody should have one of these on the fridge. God bless you guys. Have a great week.